It's almost been five days since the second test match between India and England. Let's hope that's enough time for the dust to settle in on the pitch discussion. No puns intended. Now while the discussions have heavily revolved around the quality of the pitches and how the battle between the bat and the ball is an unfair one, I can't help wondering how bad has India's batting been against quality spin lately. This is the Cricket Social Podcast. I'm Akshay, joined by my co-host Janak. So Janak, I did a quick mental assessment of India's performance against quality spin in test matches in recent times. Some of the ones that stood out were, of course, Steve O'Keefe's performance in the first test in Pune in 2017 and Nathan Lyon's performance in the 2018 tour to Australia. Then, of course, we have Jack Leash, who is sitting at 16 wickets in this series. I couldn't help but think, is India playing a risky game here by making square turners relying solely on the powers of Ravichandran Ashwin? I think we are just playing to our strength and if that one spinner is able to take you know, six wickets or five wicket haul in every other inning and then you have new players like Akshar uh, who is also doing very well, I don't think it's a risk at all. Uh, I think it's more about how you want to portray India as, as a host, right? Are you always going to make those kind of pitches and play to the strength of our batting team? Or you want to make it more sporty and, you know, where I think that's also questionable. Like, do you want the test to last five days or do you want like a very hard track where, you know, batsman technique are being tested? I think it's about that. I don't know. I don't think it's a risk at all. But I, I think like looking at the numbers specifically, right, it, it's been that, you know, Ashwin has been taking five, five first and now Akshar has been taking five first. But if you exclude the batting performance of Rohit Sharma and probably Ashwin in the second test, none of the batsmen have really been able to make a mark, right? And this is against a bowling attack, which has Jack Leach as their leading spin bowler, Tom Best and Joe Root coming in and rolling his arms, right? So you can imagine if this was a lineup which had two quality spinners, forget about quality spinners, two more than average spinners. So let's say there was a Panisar and a Swan in the mix, Exposing India's batting lineup quality like that, I, I would think that, you know, India is barely hanging on by the threads here because we saw in 2012, right, with two, those two spinners, Swan and Panasar, and Cook, who is more than able player of spin, right? Just those three players made a big difference in a series. And that was the last time India was handed a series defeat at home. So I, I'm not sure that, you know, sure, Ashwin and Akshar made up you know, with their bowling in the past two games. But I think it's just going to be one visiting team with a decent bowling attack and a couple of batsmen who can play spin. Because right now, if you think about it, there is barely Root and someone else playing the supporting role. You're right, but the thing is that currently India has the best spinner in the world, maybe equivalent to Nathan Lyon. So, right, everybody is going to be below him. And then in terms of batting... I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, Sharma has played very well. Then Rahane has played one innings. Kohli has played one good innings. Uh, right? Washington Sundar played very well. Right? Ashwin played very well. So it's not, I mean, Sharma has been the most consistent, but then everybody else has also chipped in from time to time. I think apart from Pujara, I guess everybody has chipped in. Uh, Pant did it uh, in, in the second innings of the uh, second test. So it's more about being consistent. And then with these kind of pitches, yeah, even a solid technique that Rahane or Pujara has may not work. You need to have that intent of scoring and approaching it in a different way, which Rohit has found out very well. 
I think that's what I would say. But I think apart from Rohit, who has kind of figured out a way to work around it, I think Punt's or Washington's innings, they might have worked it out because, you know, the bowlers weren't up to the task, right? Because we're talking about Dom Best and Jack Leach bowling them. Because Dom Best, who came in as a second spinner, is out of squad. And I don't think he's going to get any games based on the way he has bowled. It's, it's clear that, you know, he's going to go back to the net. But I think it's more to do with... Uh... England's rotating strategy or the, or the way they want to select the team. I guess these are the two players who played in Sri Lanka just a month ago, right? And then they did really well. And Sri Lanka was getting bowled out for under 200, right? And nobody was complaining, right? It's a bad pitch or not a good pitch. Right? That, at that time, people felt that the Sri Lankan batting is not of highest quality and England is expected to get them out. But now they are getting bowled out and right and if our players like Ashwin is probably the best spinner at the moment so you are you're getting out to a top quality spinner it's not that you know a, a rookie is coming in and Akshar Patel also has experience he's not like he's a 21 year old making a debut so I think those are all fair points you can say that I mean the same Indian batting did very well against the likes of Pat Cummins and Mitchell Stark just a couple of months back so I think quality is there, right? It's just the difficulty of the pitch that is uh, that that is the kind of uh, leading to all the noise around. You know, is it a competitive uh, pitch or not? And then coming to the point that you made earlier about uh, the team selection or the rotation policy of England, what do you make of the team selection that they made at the start of this game? Like not in hindsight, but let's say on the first day when you saw the team, what they were. What was your first impression? I don't make anything out of that. I don't know what they are trying to do. They are sending players <laughs> players home after just playing one test, and uh, uh, they yeah they are they are kind of uh, resting their key bowlers. And I think with the Ahmedabad pink ball test, they kind of misread the pitch, or maybe even the whole condition. They thought the pitch would kind of seam and swing, and that's why they went on with their three best fast bowlers and dropped one spinner. Whereas India had different plans or read it differently. And surely India got it right, right? I mean, yep. Joe Root picking up five wickets, had they got one more spinner, it would have been even more difficult. Yeah, I think the, the, the morning when I woke up and I saw the, the lineups, I was, okay, one of the team has grossly misread it because these were two totally different style of bowling attacks that they were going into the team and into the game. And you knew off the bat that one of the team is going to be suffering real bad. Now, whether it's going to be India or England, it was yet to be decided on the, on, on day one at least when, when I saw the squads. But I mean, in hindsight, it did look like India had the conditions better. But again, I think, uh, you know, coming back to the rotation policy of England, I think that's going to be another thing, you know, uh, which, which is going to bear fruit at the end of this year. Because, I mean, I, I can't blame them for, you know, having to rotate their place because it, it's a long year and quarantine life, as we have seen, is not really easy. And because of, I mean, they have 17 test matches yet to come in this year, which is a lot of test cricket and expecting people to be in the bubble for that long. Of course, it's not realistic. So that's why I felt like, you know, letting Moin go was part of the rotation policy. It's fine. We will just wait until the end of the year to make comments on that but i felt like you know going with going in with three seamers instead of you know getting in one more spinner in the mix or perhaps batsman because they did see what happened to their batting in chennai game so i was kind of surprised that they went in with three spinners instead of bolstering their spin bowling or maybe going with with the batsman yeah i think to to your point that you know uh, you know you think that it's good to uh, rest your players rotate your players in this bubble life I would say you know that 
India is going to be the toughest tour or one of the toughest tour, right? So you want all your best players, all the options available, uh, right? And especially with the World Test Championship, if England care at all to qualify, you need to have your best players available right there. They could have gone with a second string team to Sri Lanka, right? And and or maybe they they wanted to use Sri Lanka as a practice kind of session for for India too, which is also fine. But India at the start of the year, and then you mentioned there are 17 tests coming up throughout the year. I think that the most important after India, or the only thing after the India tour is going to be the Ashes that is going to happen late in the year. So they could have rested players after Ashes or like after India India series, right? So uh, I don't I don't really agree or approve just rotation strategy. They need to have their best players playing all four tests together. And uh, otherwise, you, you you are seeing the results, right? What's going on? Leave aside the pitch debate, but everything else is also not up to the mark for England. Yeah, and I think I agree with that. You know that maybe they could have used Sri Lanka tour as a practice for India game. Uh, so have your best squad there, get them some warm up games, if you will, and then have your best squad available for India. Rest everyone in like you know rest everyone in rotation for rest of the year right before the ashes. I think that, that would have made more sense to me as well. I agree. But again, I, I think they are, you know, they are going to be hosting India later in the year. So I think they weighed it that, you know, which one would sting worse, losing in India or losing to India at home, right? So maybe they, they're, they're reserving all their energies and their best players when India goes to England. But if that's the case, I don't know how much news they are reading or what what their president or their prime minister Boris Johnson is telling them. Because UK is going to get vaccinated by June. India is traveling in July, right? So I think in June, everything is going to open up in England. I mean, that could be a visual thinking. But I mean, I I still agree, right? It's uncertain time with COVID. But I still feel against India, you need to have your best team, especially after what India has just achieved like a month ago. They are high <laughs> on confidence. Even Siraj is ready to lead or, or Akshar Patel is, is in, a, you know, in a mood who can blast them away. Yeah, I definitely think that you know, they, they could have gone better with the team selection there. And especially throwing in Johnny Veristo in the mix. I, I felt bad for the guy. Exactly, right? And I mean, that's number three, such an important position. You see what Pujara can do Right, if he can hold one end, so you need to have whoever is your best player, or probably some consistency with that number three player who can hold one end and then let Stokes and Root do the scoring. They don't have any such strategy, so it, they are clearly lacking. I mean, they are trying to take care of uh, their players' mental health, but at the same time, I think they are losing out uh, in terms of uh, strategy and team selection for this series. I guess that that kind of goes into you know, how deep their pockets are when it comes to talent, right? Because the way you saw, in Australia, India was struggling with at least two players on an average every game. But the replacements that they had, they were ready to go no matter what the conditions were, right? And I don't think England right now has the luxury of doing that, especially in subcontinental conditions. Because anyways, their frontline attack, be it the bowling or the batting, is a little bit dodgy when it comes to playing in Asia. And then on top of that, if you have to add rotation to the mix, I think it's just, it's not ill-prepared just for this series, but the setup is ill-prepared to provide them with the replacement options at that point. 
Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I think they, they know that they are going to uh, tour India in February. So they should be preparing for this tour, like probably six months back or when the COVID bubble just, you know, they were the first ones to, uh, you know, start playing cricket in COVID time. So I think they, they should have prepared right from there. But yeah, and, and other than that, I think the overall approach in terms of batting, in terms of <laughs> even the way they are bowling, I mean, ignore that. They, they have got decent players. It's not that they are all bad players, but like they could have still fought better. Yeah, I think that's where, you know, the bowling kind of has been let down for them as well because they went in with Leach and thinking that Beth is going to be the guy, especially after his performance in Sri Lanka. And then, lo and behold, Root has to step in as the second spinner where they, they kind of expected Beth to do better than what he had done in Sri Lanka. Yeah, imagine I think they hadn't sent back uh, Moin Ali or, or rather Moin Ali hadn't gone back right he, he he could have decided to stay back then it would have been a great test match for for england you know, more batting power you know moin ali definitely better than root right the root in the second innings was like what if you are trying to defend around 40 40 50 odd runs you, you can't expect root to pick up five wickets again at least indian batsmen are not going to make that mistake again <laughs> Yeah, that, that's for sure. Uh, you know what the, the the people I feel bad for in this scenario, the people who bought tickets for all five days. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how what must be going through their minds, but uh, I think the compensation is that they're going to see five T20s back-to-back in Ahmedabad, right? So hopefully they'll see more fireworks there. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But the star of the Motera game, I mean, not, not the only star, but probably the one who has been kind of leading the Indian bowling attack in terms of spin, Ashwin, getting to his 400 wickets. What a landmark that has been. Yeah, I think he is probably the best off spinner India has ever had. Um, I think so far, Harbhajan and him were neck to neck. Uh, Harbhajan tailed off towards the end. Uh, Ashwin is also in, in his twilight, right? So I hope he doesn't do a Harbhajan. Uh, or maybe there's somebody else who's challenged. Uh, Ashwin challenged Harbhajan really well in, in his last five years. And that's that's what also put a lot of pressure on Harbhajan. So I hope Ashwin gets another 100, maybe 500 wickets. But at the same time, he he's also coaching players like uh, Sundar, who's going to be the future, right? He, he's shown capability with bat. Now, if he, he can get those tricks that Ashwin has up his sleeves, I think that would be great for Indian cricket. You know, the parallel between him and Harbhajan, I kind of think it ends to the point that both of them are off-spinner and both of them are from India. Because Ashwin, to me, is a far superior bowler than Harbhajan Singh was. I mean, nothing against his talent, but it's just... Ashwin's cricketing brain, I think it is at a different level when it comes to Harbhajan. Because if you think about it, like there was a period when, you know, his position in the squad has been questioned a lot. And for someone who has taken 400 wickets, I think he has gone through that scrutiny more than anyone else would have, especially when it comes to performance outside of India. And looking at the numbers in the past few years, I think Ashwin has kind of taken off in that sense, which I don't think any other Indian spinner has been able to do. Yeah, I guess absolutely. I think his cricketing brain is probably best in the team. Uh, I guess after Dhoni or Rohit Sharma, he's probably you know, one of the best strategists. And even Rahane has been pretty good, as we saw in the India-Australia tour. Uh, and in terms of his wickets, and the reason I you know consider Harbhajan at par with Ashwin or, uh, so far is because they have played against stronger teams, Ash, uh, Harbhajan and Kumle, as opposed to Ashwin is playing in the strongest team against weaker 
opponent and that's not his fault but at the same time i mean that's the difference that you know just by looking at the stats you you cannot uh, understand mm-hmm. and also the fact that in last 2 3 5 years maybe india has played a lot at home and and the kind of pitches that india have been preparing it has been something very similar to chennai wickets i know yuvraj singh tweeted right what kind of a pitch that is the motera pitch which got over in 2 days if kumble and harbhajan had played in these kind of pitches Kumble played for like what 20 years or so, and he got 600 wickets. Had there been so more of these kind of wickets, he could have crossed 800, right, and <laughs> much closer to Shane Warne and Mulli. Now you can't help wonder what could have been, but again, like going by what is right now, I think you know being the second quickest to 400 wickets, I think that that's a significant achievement under his own belt right now. Yeah, I think he's he's skillful. He's got the talent. He has the cricket brain. So no taking away from them. Uh, i hope he continues and he he gets those wickets you know in the foreign conditions as well i think that that i feel that is much more appreciable and much more fun as compared to these wickets yeah and i mean going by his performance in australia with the bat or yeah. with the ball or with his mouth i mean <laughs> yeah i think yeah he's probably in the form of his life i would say right i think so far people criticized him because he was not a good player in overseas condition but with the australia series it proved that he can do that in overseas condition as well So I hope he continues in England uh, in July. Absolutely, and I, I think that, that that's the, that's been the highlight of his uh, career, right? Like every time he performs well, people are like, "Oh, do you think this is the form of your life?" And then he finds another gear. So I think that that has been the beauty of it. Like you know, since 2015 or 2014, he has been doing good in Indian conditions, and the question was like, "Can he do better outside?" And now that he has been doing it, it's like. They keep asking him, "Is this the form of your life?" And hopefully, you know, he's able to make a white ball comeback, which I would be keen to watch. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be very difficult uh, because with Chahal and Kuldeep and and Chadeja, it's going to be difficult. But yeah, you you can never rule him out. If he gets, uh, you know, a good IPL, then at least he has a chance for the twenty one World Cup or T twenty World Cup in India. And if he keeps doing what he's doing with the bat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean he's a handy batsman, right? He can get ten, fifteen very quickly in T Twenty. I mean that's always a bonus. But yeah. I guess that that won't be required, uh, right? At least in Indian condition with <laughs> in T Twenties, but it it always helps. Let's hope that's not required. Ah, uh, the other bowler who kind of achieved a milestone in itself is Ishan Sharma playing hundred tests as a fast bowler. I mean, yeah, hundred tests and three hundred wickets. I think to be honest, he's the pujara of Indian bowling attack. Uh, he's pro- proper workhorse, <laughs> right? And he he'll perform in all conditions. He'll keep one end tight. He'll bowl at least 25 overs, and that's what allows like Shami and Bumrah to pick up wickets. He, he's more like an unsung hero of Indian cricket. I would say. I know all the focus is on Bumrah, and he deserves that. But then uh, I think Ishan has played a very big role in in last few years why India has been so successful both at home and outside home. Yeah, and I think unfortunately his return to form has kind of coincided with the rise of Shami and Bumrah and even Mish Yadav, if I might say so. Uh, but I think that that that's the fact that has been overlooked quite a bit that you know he has been the workhorse of our team. Like you rightly said it, like he has been pretty much the pujara to our bowling attack. I think he he'll continue because he's he's mostly fit, right? He doesn't get injured too much. I mean, that's he, partially that's partially because he doesn't play that much. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. So at least it's good, right? He he knows how to manage his body, and even the Indian cricket is managing his body and his workload, and that's that's what you want uh, a constant figure in a test lineup. So uh, uh, rather than chipping and chopping every time. 
and that's what like England does so well, right? Broad and Anderson, everybody knows they, they are going to be there, and they are probably the best. They are the best. At least Anderson is the best uh, among among the fast bowlers, hands down. Yep. So yeah, that's what I I like about Ishan Shah. I hope he continues. He's still, I think, early thirties. So I, I would still like to see him for at least a half a decade more. Yeah, especially you know, considering India's fast bowling history. Um, a fast bowler achieving 100 test matches is a big deal it's a, in itself that to doing it in early 30s is another thing by itself but imagine if someone like him is able to continue to be anderson have so far you know i mean anderson is probably way ahead of the curve right now but you know if he can even get close to the number of games he has played or just the longevity of his career i think that would be a, a significant achievement for india in terms of having fast bowlers who don't just fizzle out after a few years because around the globe um you know especially in asian countries we have seen that you'll see a fast bowler come up for a few years at the most maybe 3 or 4 years here and there have some amazing bowling performances and then you never hear of them so i think that that, that would be admirable if the indian management is able to manage his workload in the in the sense that you know they can provide him with a long enough career yeah true and i think now in this phase of his career he also needs to coach uh, the younger generation he needs to make sure that he leaves a bowler that is uh, going to do his job when he's done right and i think somebody like siraj i guess uh, fits into that bill you know it, it might be too early to say but i can see from his performance in australia he he could be the next workhorse that india uh, would be looking for Right. So uh, let's hope. I think, but it, coming back to Ishan Sharma, I think he's he's been brilliant over the years, and hope he continues that way. Yeah, fingers crossed for that. I mean, I would really love to see him pull one of those spells that he's pulled pulled to Ponting early in his career. Would love a, a repeat of that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It would have been so amazing had he been there for the Australia tour. Him versus uh, Smith would have been another great contest. But anyway, no worries. I think. He's still going to be around. Smith is also pretty young, so we'll see definitely another contest. Hopefully, we'll see a duel in India. But yeah, but uh, c- coming to the current Test series, I mean, we have seen in the past two months uh, two Test, two pink ball Tests with India having two drastic results. W- what are you making of the pink ball preparations in general? Uh, I think for India, it's still pretty new, right? How many we have played? Four total so far. So. yeah it's not a great amount of match practice with the pink ball and at the same time i think except for australia other teams are also still figuring out australia has played the most number of uh, pink ball tests so it's still pretty early days and nobody knows how the pink ball is going to do because if you look at this one england thought that uh, during that during that twilight period the ball is going to swing and they pick their best uh, seamers but but it was a pitch who dominated or dictated the terms right? and and the, and the spinners uh, were able to get the most out of it so maybe outside india uh, it's it's the overhead conditions that matter but if it's in india it's it's the pitch that matters it irrespective of day and night or or the pink ball yeah i think uh, looking at the stats to see if there is a clear trend between the two and so far the top 5 bowlers i mean before the motera test of course it's kind of split in middle because uh, you have mitchell stark josh hazelwood at the top of the list then you have nathan lyon and yasir shah followed by trent bolt so it, there is no clear distinction and like you said like there is not enough data at at least at this point but what i'm trying to figure out is you know the way england kind of misread the situation right and 
India specifically having not hosted enough pink ball games. Do you think it warranties that pink ball gets a push in the domestic setup? I would think so. I think had we not run into this COVID situation, India would have tried pink ball test, and they will have to try with all other nations in India domestically. Because if you want to make your players match ready, and I think the other part is right, how much pink ball started because they wanted to get that attractiveness back for test cricket, mm-hmm. get more fans into the stadium. So I'm not sure where that is at the moment. Did they see more fans compared to a normal test? Right? And if that's the case, then pink ball is going to continue. But if there is no case for that, then I think pink ball is just another you know fancy thing going around. But I feel like you know, considering the number of games I've seen with pink ball, right? B is Pakistan almost chasing down 400 in the fourth inning, or India getting bowled out for 36, or even this game. Like one thing is for sure, as a fan. I love it. I love the uncertainty of it. Maybe it's because, you know, teams still haven't figured it out and it's early days. That's why it's going the way it is, like the swings in fortunes that we have seen so far. Maybe it's because of that. But honestly, as a test cricket fan, I like that added variable in there. It's, is the ball going to do something? Is it not? And who is it going to favor? Right? And I think, you know, uh, considering in the post-match uh, debates and discussions going all around, especially the way the SG pink ball performed with a coat of lacquer on it. It didn't uh, spin as much or it didn't, or it just skidded on, right? I think that would be something that, you know, if pink ball is going to be the future, I would definitely like to see more domestic games, uh, you know, leaning towards that as well. I mean, not more, but at least there has to be a fair chunk of domestic games which head in that way so that the next generation of cricketers is not caught off guard. Maybe something like India A2s, right? They, they should introduce a pink ball test in those those uh, tools as well so that the budding cricketers or the upcoming cricketers are familiar with that. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure it will happen very soon. Uh, all domestic leagues will, will you know, have it in their kind of uh, itinerary and at the same time, India A2s would also be able to accommodate that. Yeah, because that, that would definitely be something that would spice up the Ranji competition apart from, you know, the pitches being what they are right now. Uh, (laughs) That could definitely be an addition. So, uh, I think we are running out of time. So, to do a final check, uh, what's your prediction for the last game? Rather, what do you expect from the English lineup going into the next game? Uh, I think they'll fill up with uh, spinners. So, somebody of uh, Anderson or Broad will have to sit. Uh, I don't think it will get over in two days. It will last longer. I think it will be an India win. I think it will be the most hard fought of all the four test matches. Imagine if India decides to throw a curveball and creates a grass top on this one. <laughs> well, I don't think they could because yes, uh, just just Bumbra is being rested, right? So it would be like uh, digging their own grave if they prepare one. I think it will it will go for at least four days. I hope it goes on for at least four days, and he, all all four innings should be competitive. And then coming to the topic that we kind of briefly touched on. So do you think there is space for Dom Best in the lineup or do they just bolster their batting, which already know is weak? No, I think they need to. I mean, he's there on the tour because he has done something right. So if it's a it's a spinning track, then it's best to get your, uh, your, your spinner into the team rather than root bowling. And he's not, gonna, he's not always going to get five or eight. It, it, it's only going to happen probably this is the last time it's going to happen in his career. 
<laughs> so and he himself was shocked right he said that in, in the in the post match interview that uh, if he can get five wickets that that means you can imagine what the condition of the pitch was so uh, i think they need to get him and then if root has to bowl right he can be the third spinner uh, then then why not more than that i think what they need to change is how they how they approach uh, while while batting i think sweep is sweeping is not really working for them they need to do something like rohit sharma so and india needs to be ready for that because i'm pretty sure they'll come up with a different plan they, they none of their batsmen have like strong techniques uh, to to face ashwin on this kind of a track and they are just sweeping so they might get two or three boundaries but in the end they are missing or they are top edging all right gang hopefully this episode gave you enough to ponder before the start of the next game between india and england is it going to be another five day thriller or is it going to be an express five session game who knows but one thing you can know for sure is that we'll catch up with you next week same place same time until then it's goodbye from us